Yo. I'm the anchor slash rapper that you never thought would happen. Commentary get it cracking like pads when they start whacking. Applaud like studio audience. Audio is to rob you. Sports do show. Is that so? I give you a gut check like Bill. Belly check. Hustle ill son like Russell Wilson. But no, nah, I don't need no wolf pack. I got a six pack with the no plasma. <laughs> Yo. I want to welcome y'all back to the Rob You Sports Stew Show. Coming at you with episode number four, going into week three. And the first thing we're going to do is take a look take a look at some of those week two results coming from last week and week two of the NFL. Well, last week I went nine and five, and it was a it was a pretty rough week for me as far as getting my picks right. I had a few close calls in some of these games. And some of these teams, like I said, were still kind of hard to pick for and kind of hard to choose which team was going to get the best of which team because it's still kind of early in the season and you're still trying to fill teams out and see how they're going to play and how they're going to carry over their offensive and defensive philosophies week to week. However, two of my closest picks from last week was the Dallas and Washington game where... I said Dallas would score 31 points, and Dallas did score 31 points. And I said Washington would score 17, which they actually scored 21 points. So I was off by four points for Washington in that game. And my other second closest pick guess was going to be the Chicago and Denver game in which Chicago did win. I said they would score 17 points, and in actuality... They scored 16 points, and I said Denver would score 13, and they actually scored 14. So those were two of my best picks from last week. And like I said, I went 9-5, and five, and I actually didn't pick the Thursday night game, and I actually made a mistake and did not choose a winner for the Ravens and Cardinals matchup last week, in which the Ravens did end up winning. But now, let's look at some of those top storylines as we go into week three of the NFL. And number one, breaking news, there's a brownout in New England. As the New England Patriots release Antonio Brown, explosive wide receiver, after several off-field incidences with different women have been begun coming to the light. So we heard last week about a potential civil lawsuit which is looming coming from his former physical trainer or someone he used to train with and I believe also attended college with. And then recently, there were allegations made by an artist who supposedly did some artwork of Brown and he supposedly, allegedly, approached her in a very inappropriate sexual way. Supposedly. Allegedly. And in this situation... Recently, he's alleged to have sent some threatening texts, I suppose, trying to tell this person to, you know, not air him out and not not make his publicity already worse than what it was. But this person actually had their lawyer release this information, I suppose, to media outlets and possibly the NFL. And after this release and this news began to come out, I guess the Patriots began to grow tired of the off-field controversy 
the questions and the distraction that Antonio Brown has brought to their organization. And this is an organization that's already survived Spygate and Deflategate and Aaron Hernandez and various other transgressions off-field and a few on-field. But I guess they they knew the reward of having Brown on the team. But at this time, it just seems like he has too much baggage for the Patriots to hang on. Not to mention the fact that the NFL may take action against him for these alleged threats toward this woman who, like I said, was an artist and experienced, I suppose, some offensive things from Antonio Brown. So now the question remains, which team will give Brown a look this remainder of the season? Will the NFL impose a suspension when he does resign, if he does resign? He's already had a few chances this year and has been unable to maintain on a roster and perform consistently week in and week out. So who's to tell if he will sign later this later this season with another team? And the question a lot of people are beginning to ask and wonder, is Antonio Brown all right mentally or is it something that may be a result of the repeated hits, potential brain damage? or just some other mental, personal issues that he may be dealing with. But regardless of what, it was very shocking, surprising, and as a football fan, you hate to see one of the one of the great players, you know, not be able to play. However, he does have some off-field situations that need to be, I guess, resolved before the NFL and certain teams feel comfortable giving him that kind of opportunity to perform at that level. So we'll see how long the brownout lasts in the NFL. Up next we have Jalen's request. And this this occurred a few a few days ago as the Jacksonville Jaguars were taking on the Tennessee Titans. Where it was rumored excuse me last week where it was rumored that Jalen Ramsey after on-field, on-sideline altercation slash mini miniature scuffle with his head coach, had requested his has requested his trade, and he didn't speak on it. He said that the information that was leaked did not come from his side. So apparently, maybe the Jaguars wanted to put that out there, just so other teams would know that. You know, let us know what you have, what you're willing to offer, but this is what we want and what we expect for this player, this caliber. But it still remains to be seen if he'll be traded. And I believe that the coach tried to connect with him and tried to dissolve that issue, whatever it was. I believe Jalen Ramsey wanted a call review that was would have been an incomplete pass in the game versus the Texans. So will Jalen be traded in if he is traded, what team will he go to? Which team could use him the best? And which team could he fit into the best to be able to help that team possibly make a run deep into the playoffs or potentially a Super Bowl? As one of the top cornerbacks in the league, you know he expects to be compensated. He even arrived at camp this year in a, in a, in a money truck. So... Last Thursday, we had the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Tennessee Titans. 
in which the Jaguars won 20-7 against the Titans. And in this game, the Jaguars showed that they still had that same ferocious defense. They have they had it they had nine sacks against Mariota, who seemed like he was holding the ball too long and didn't have enough offensive firepower to do anything against that Jaguar defense. And this is Jalen Ramsey playing every Donald defense, even amongst the trade rumors and him supposedly requesting his trade from the Jaguars. So it remains to be seen how this team's going to go moving forward. And maybe that game and the camaraderie was enough to make him second guess it a little bit as the offense tries to turn it around with the injury of Nick Foles. And we see Minshew coming in and he had a pretty impressive game for somebody with his experience. And if he can be consistent throughout the rest of the season, who knows what these Jaguars may be able to do because they already have a, a stout defense. But I believe they were missing that offensive firepower to kind of have them go over the top and be more consistently week in and week out. But coming this weekend, which is definitely probably going to be the game of the week on Sunday, we have KC B-More Shootout. And when I say the KC B-More Shootout, I'm talking about two of the best young quarterbacks lacing it up, going toe-to-toe, -to -toe, offense against defense, offense against defense. As the Kansas City Chiefs, led by Pat Mahomes, will take on the Baltimore Ravens, led by Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Now, in this game, we have two very explosive offenses, two very explosive quarterbacks who have plenty of weapons. Baltimore definitely has the edge as far as the running game, where Baltimore is currently averaging 223 yards per game on the ground. And this is... This is in contrast to the Kansas City Chiefs, who are right now averaging 72 yards, 72 yards per game on the ground. Now, this is important because with the with the prowess of their rushing attack, I believe Baltimore will be able to kind of control the pace of the game, and in doing that, they'll be able to have longer drives and wear down this Kansas City Chiefs defense more than the Chiefs will be able to wear down the Baltimore Ravens defense because I believe the Chiefs will have more quick scoring drives instead of more long drawn out drives where you eat up clock. And then in the passing game, right now, Kansas City Chiefs are averaging 407 yards passing the game. It's very high, very impressive. One of the top passing, passing averages in the NFL. Well, Baltimore is averaging 318 yards passing and it's going to be Baltimore against that Kansas City secondary. So how will the Kansas City secondary try to slow down impressive rookie Hollywood Brown, as well as a host of other Baltimore Ravens receivers, as well as Lamar Jackson on the run-pass option, and also on the zone read, as well as Mark Ingram out of the backfield. So this is going to be a very, very explosive game. You're going to see two of the best offenses right now at work. Two of the best offensive play callers at work. And this game is going to really be something special, I believe. Definitely the game of the week. And when we look at their defense, defenses, we have the Baltimore defense, which is only allow allowing 20 rush yards per game. Whereas we have... 
the Kansas City defense, which is allowing 110 yards per game. And this goes back to what I said before, because if the Kansas City defense is giving up 110 yards per game and the Baltimore offense is rushing for 223 yards a game, you can automatically say they're at least going to have 100-plus rushing yards, maybe even 150-plus. And when you bring in the equation of Jackson with the zone read, with the handoff to Ingram, with the pitch, I think it's really going to keep those de those defenders of the Kansas City Chiefs on their toes. So be sure to check out my pick of this game coming up in the second block, Pharaoh Knicks picks. But definitely, this is going to be a good one, y'all. And then we have the Week 2 quarterback TKOs. And when you look at how early it is in the season, it's a lot of quarterbacks right now getting injured and having to have some backups and second stringers and third stringers come in for them. So right now we have Drew Brees out, injured thumb, six, I suppose six weeks or more, maybe less. His backups will be Teddy Bridgewater from the Vikings and also from a few injuries and also Taysom, Taysom Hill. So Taysom Hill is kind of like a gadget player. He can do a little bit of everything. He seems to be pretty athletic. He's willing to take some hits. He's willing to run with the ball. Bridgewater is going to be more of the pocket passer. He's already sustained some injuries, so I think he's going to play a lot more safe. And we're going to see how the New Orleans Saints offense comes out this week against the Seattle defense. But that's just one injury at quarterback. Then you have Big Ben getting injured in, in Pittsburgh, where we have Rudolph coming in to back him up, which... Steelers were already looking very lackluster on offense, so the Big Ben injury is not going to do anything for their cause. And they're still waiting to see Juju Smith and a host of other young wide receivers emerge and make a statement this year. Then we have Cam Newton being, being injured and inactive for week three. Well, he'll be replaced by Kyle Allen. And this just goes back to week two when Cam Newton was not the go-to on that final play call or he was not allowed to try to get that touchdown. They already knew his foot wasn't 100% and they didn't want to make things worse. And then you have Nick Foles, who I mentioned before for the Jaguars, being replaced by Minshew, who actually come in and look very impressive, like I said, for an early, early player with not a lot of NFL experience. And even before the season began, we had... Andrew Luck, calling it a game, calling it a career, and Jacoby Brissett being thrust into that role of star starting NFL quarterback for the Colts. Last but not least, Sam Darnold, who still is out with an illness for the New York Jets, and the Jets don't look impressive at all on offense, and right now it seems the only thing they really have going for them is Le'Veon Bell. And a, a, a solid defense, and maybe Robbie Anderson. But it's a lot of quarterbacks out right now. And then speaking of quarterbacks, we have Dan Jones, the Manning. That's Daniel Jones, the Manning. Daniel Jones will be replacing, I'm about to say Peyton, replacing Eli Manning for the New York Giants as the starting quarterback. And it was definitely something a long time coming. 
Daniel Jones, who was picked out of Duke, I believe, in early rounds this year, NFL draft. They said he's kind of like an Eli Manning clone. He's kind of been under that Manning umbrella as far as, I guess, NFL camp, uh, quarterback camps, different training, things that they've participated in and are constantly working on to improve their games. And they also had a history of knowing each other. So for Eli to be replaced by somebody that he already knew and was comfortable with, maybe it doesn't hurt as much, but I know it still hurts because he may have thought he had a longer leash this year and they would give him more time to see what he could do, even at his advanced age and obviously declining physical ability. But it was just time for Danny Manning, excuse me, it was just time for Danny Jones to get that look because... The New York Giants already know that Eli Manning was not going to be the one to carry them very far this year. And although they did give him two weeks to see what he could do, he proved them right, so it was time for a change. And then we have the Dolphins taking a deep sea dive. Well, so far the Dolphins have not looked impressive at all as a team, and plenty of their scores this year have been pretty laughable. And there's a definitely a supposed lack of effort, lack of heart, and lack of commitment to what this team is doing right now for the players. And the front office is just looking to retool, rebuild, reload, and plan ahead to, to, the, to the future. Because this definitely is not going to be the year for the Dolphins. Recently, they pulled Fitzpatrick and are going to allow Josh Rosen to start, who was also a very high draft pick for the Cardinals just before they acquired Kyler Murray in this year's draft. So we'll see what Josh Rosen could do. Probably not much. But on the bright side, the Dolphins do have three number one picks and two number two picks in the 2020 NFL draft. So they definitely have the potential and hopes to draft some players who can come in and make an impact and maybe they can start trying to raise that next group, that next crop of stars in Miami because the people that they have now, I don't really think they're sold on the organization and what the organization direction they're going right now. So we'll see how things transpire in Miami as the Dolphins take a deep dive. And to go back to my other point, on the quarterback TKOs, it's no cap. It's no cap. And I'm, there's no cap. No cap. There's no cap. <laughs> and what I'm saying is, with a lot of these injuries, it's easy to presume or assume or consider that some teams, front offices, and executives will consider giving Colin Kaepernick an opportunity to come in and help a team get some wins. But maybe to some teams, they would rather look foolish, look terrible on the field, and lose every other remaining game this season than actually calling somebody who could actually be a substantial and, and decent quality quarterback. Of course, he has a little bit of rust or dust on him because he hasn't been in live game action. 
But who's to say if a team did give him an opportunity and he came in as a backup and he got to learn the system and the coach was, was willing to make a few concessions for him as far as the scheme or the playbook. And Colin was willing to say, you know what, I'm not going to kneel anymore. I'm going to let my activism speak for itself off the field. Or if he would just said, I'm coming in and I'm going to kneel, but I'm going to also let y'all know I, I do love America and I respect the American flag. That's not hard. But who knows how it's going to happen or if you'll ever get that opportunity. Plenty of people say he'll never play in the league again. Based off the fact that he took that settlement from the NFL. And that was kind of like go away money. And some people still question that he wants to play in the NFL. Even after everything that he had to go through. After the whole taking the knee incident. Well who's to say how it pans out people. If we'll ever see Kaepernick on the field again. But I'll tell you one thing. I saw a lot of Kaepernick jerseys. The other Sunday. And that's real rap. <laughs> and coming up. In block two of the Rob You Show. I'm going to have. Pharaoh Nick's picks. As we go into. Week three. Of the NFL season. 2019. So keep it locked. Peace. And welcome back. To the Rob You Sports Stew Show. Block number two. Pharaoh Nick's picks. As we go into week three of the NFL 2019 season. One o'clock games. Denver at Green Bay. Denver has had a very low scoring offense this year. I think their defense still remains solid. However, Denver's offense just hasn't been able to score a lot of points this year. On the flip side, Green Bay still has the super reliable, talented Aaron Rodgers at the helm, doing his thing week in and week out. As well as talented receivers like Adams, some underrated receivers. And also, they're getting, a, they're getting a pretty decent running game now. And Green Bay definitely has an improved defense. That's why I believe Green Bay will prevail over Denver by the final score. Green Bay 27, Denver 10. Then we have the Cincinnati Bungles. I mean Bengals. At the Buffalo Bills. And Cincinnati, similar to Denver, has had a very low-scoring offensive attack this year. I think they're really waiting on A.J. Green to come back. And they haven't really been able to find themselves with a, offensively or what their philosophy is going to be. But then you have Buffalo, who's unpredictable. You don't really know what to expect, but they do have the seasoned vet, Gore, in the backfield and they do have the wild card at quarterback which you don't know what the outcome is going to be week in and week out but in this game I do believe Buffalo's defense will help them defeat the Cincinnati Bengals with a final score Buffalo 17 Cincinnati 13 and then you have the Detroit Lions at the Philadelphia Eagles and in this game Philadelphia is really hurting that receiver where they're missing Jackson, Jeffrey's injured, and Detroit is one of those teams on the rise, I believe. Solid defensive coaching and 
philosophy with Matt Patricia. Carryon Johnson, solid running back. Matt Stafford, solid quarterback. Have some solid receivers. Jones. In this game, I have to go with the Lions based on the fact of the Philadelphia Eagles injuries to their receiver core and Detroit having that stout defense. I think they'll know who to key on and that'll give them the edge without Jackson to, to break a long pass play. And then we have the New York Jets versus the New England Patriots at New England. And in this game, I really believe it's going to be a blowout with the New England Patriots scoring 38 points and the New York Jets scoring 9. Then you have the Oakland Raiders at the Minnesota Vikings. And Oakland is also a team I believe on the rise. I think they still need to get a, a little bit more improved on defense, but I think they do have some offensive weapons that may begin to make a, make, a, make some noise, make a name for themselves. Perfect example, the running back Jacobs. I know they're missing a little bit of receiving depth with the whole A-B debacle. But Oakland, is, Oakland is, I think is going to be a decent team this year. Then you have the Minnesota Vikings with Cousins, solid quarterbacking. With Cook, you have the explosive ability out of the backfield. And then you have two great receivers in Diggs and Thielen. So in this game, I do have Minnesota with that solid defense being able to keep Oakland at, at bay with a score of Oakland 17 and the Minnesota Vikings 21. And then, in my game of the week, I have Baltimore at Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this is going to be this is going to be something to see, folks. I think it's going to be a lot of highlights in this game. I think it's going to be a shootout, honestly, because even with Baltimore having a solid defense, the Kansas City Chiefs have so many weapons. You don't know how they're going to come at you. And they have a lot of fast skill players. So look out for guys you never might have never heard of catching passes and taking it to the house. But as I mentioned in block one, the Kansas City Chiefs Achilles heel, I believe, will be the amount of yardage they allow rushing. And I think that'll work to the advantage of the Baltimore Ravens. Because I think they're going to have some explosive pass plays. But I think when... When it, when it gets to, uh, to actually grinding out a win, Baltimore is going to be able to rely on that, that running game with Ingram, the physical running, with Jackson, the third down and short or third and six, and he can always keep the chains moving running. And I think that's going to help sustain them offensively to allow them to escape with a one-point victory in a hostile environment at Arrowhead Stadium with the Baltimore Ravens winning with a final score 28-27. That's what I think, y'all. We're going to see how it turns out. It's going to be a good one. Then we have uh, Miami at Dallas. Miami not really, not really showing up this year as far as team-wise. And it's, you know... Some say they're tanking. Some say it's a it's a rebuilding year, or you know, they're not really put too much stock in this year. We will just put it like that. So when they go face the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas, I don't really think they have much of a chance. Final score: Dallas 31, Dolphins 13. 
And then we have Atlanta Falcons going to the Indianapolis Colts. And I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. Matt Ryan will probably get the nod over Brissett as far as quarterback comparison-wise. But as far as playing as a team, I think both of these teams do that well. And they both are known for explosive receiver. Julio for the Falcons. T.Y. for the Colts. Brissett is still, I guess, putting it all together as far as how he's going to perform week in and week out with his squad. Now that it's his team. Now that it's his job. And with the Falcons, you always have to keep in mind they have explosive running back. Explosive receiver. And I think the defense might be a little underrated. But in this game, I do have the Colts falling to the Falcons at home with the Falcons winning the final score 23-21. And then you have the Carolina Panthers going to Arizona to face off with the Cardinals and the young Kyler Murray air raid offense. And in this game, there's going to be no Cam Newton. And with a lot of times with the Panthers, as Cam goes, the Panthers go. So we'll see how their backup is going to come in and help lead and guide the team down the field. It's going to put a lot of pressure on that Carolina defense, but I think they're up for the challenge. However, without consistency on offense, driving and drive out to keep the chains moving, I do have the Arizona Cardinals getting this win at home with a final score, Arizona 21, Carolina 17. And then you have the New York Giants at the Tampa Bay Bucks. And this game is going to be Jameis Winston at home with his star receiver, Mike Evans, going against the Giants, who now are bringing in the guy, someone nicknamed Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, coming in off the bench as a rookie from Duke, trying to show what he can do against these Tampa Bay Bucks. First game as a starter. Now, in this game, I do believe the Bucks escaping the Giants, but I think Daniel Jones will make this game interesting, and it will be a contest with a final score, Tampa Bay 31, New York Giants 28. And then you have the Houston Texans at the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, this, is, I believe, is also going to be one of those shootout games. You have a, you have a nice offensive scoring power with the Los Angeles Chargers led by Rivers. You have Houston Texans led by Watson and Hopkins. And in this game, I do believe Houston will outscore the Chargers with a final score, Houston 34, Los Angeles Chargers 24. And then you have the New Orleans Saints at the Seattle Seahawks. And New Orleans is going to go with a two-quarterback system this week with Taysom Hill and also Teddy Bridgewater. And we're going to see how the, how the Seahawks prepare for that and what they're going to be looking for because in that situation, in that instance, it's almost like you're preparing for two or three different offenses because they may have some plays that both of them could run, but they also probably have plays that are more specialized for Teddy and plays that are more specialized for Taysom. I.e., when Teddy's in the game, they're going to pass. When Taysom in the game, it's 
It's going to be read option, quarterback sneak, bootleg, or zone read. But we'll see. So then you have the Seattle Seahawks, who have a, a stout, stout running game, good quarterbacking, and also a defense that I believe will be able to slow down what the Saints are trying to do. But I think it's going to be a lot of it's going to be a lot of excitement in this game because I don't think the fans and the, the, even the Seahawks are going to know exactly what to expect. So I think in this game it's going to it's going to be like it might it might look real it might look real different than a lot of different NFL games based off the fact of the two quarterback system. And that's something that you hear more in college or in high school. And even in that situation, you know one quarterback has more of a specialty in one thing than the other. And as a defense, you can definitely key on that because you know, okay, if he's in the game, they're passing. If he's in the game, they're running. So you can always audible or have a quarterback spot. So it's going to be a good game, I believe. But I'd also believe that Seattle will defeat the New Orleans Saints with a final score. Seattle 30, New Orleans Saints 20 points. Then you have Pittsburgh at San Fran. Pittsburgh, like I said, Big Ben is hurt. The receivers haven't really showed that flair and flash. And San Fran is one of those teams who are on the rise, I believe. Jimmy G. Rock, he's, he's, coming, he's, coming, he's coming through for the 49ers. And they also have a great running attack with Brita and good running back depth. A lot of nice young talented receivers like Goodwin. And also Debo Samuel. So definitely look out for these 49ers because they're starting to shine a little bit. It's just a matter of can they be consistent through the whole season. So in this game, I have San Fran winning with a score of 34 over the Pittsburgh Steelers 20. And then the Sunday night game, we have the Los Angeles Rams at the Cleveland Browns Dog Pound. And when we last seen these Cleveland Browns, the team had come together, and they were looking pretty good out there as they returned to to action in the MetLife Stadium. And Odell Beckham had a great game, and the team looked like they had some camaraderie and some heart. So you gotta you gotta respect the turnaround and turn of events from before. But now they're going up against one of the bullies on the block in the NFC. And everybody knows the Los Angeles Rams have a stout defense led by Aaron Donald. And the only thing is he has he has an injury, a back injury. And how effective will he be? I believe he is going to play, but I'm not sure. He could be out this game. But he's definitely the cornerstone in the heart of that defense. But there's plenty of depth around him. So when the Rams go against this Cleveland Browns offense, which is so far seems to be more finesse they do they do have some decent them decent running back but how effective would those running backs be against a very stingy strong ram defense so in this game i have the rams defeating the cleveland browns at home with a final score rams 24 browns 13 and in the final game the monday night game of the week we have the Chicago Bears at the Washington Nationals. 
at the Washington Bullets, at the Washington Native Americans. And in this game, I believe that that Bears defense will be able to get after those that Washington quarterback and also keep Adrian Peterson in check. And I believe that Mitchell Trubisky will be able to play with some confidence, some belief in himself, some heart, and more relaxed and not so tentative and not make mistakes and also use his legs a little bit because he actually is a, is a lot more mobile as a scrambler than a lot of people may know. But it's just a matter of playing safe, playing smart, and not throwing interceptions and turning the ball over. Because as a quarterback playing for a team like the Bears, especially as a young quarterback, you don't have to take all the risks because you have a great defense to help you out, hold you down, so you don't have to score on every drive. Just don't make a mistake and give the other team great field position so they can score easily or give them too many opportunities or fumbles and interceptions where they can just have drives that yield field goals. But in this game, I believe the Chicago Bears will defeat the Washington DCs with a final score of the Chicago Bears 23 over Washington 16 points. And on that note, I want to thank you again for checking out another episode of the Rob U Sports Stew Show, Federal Knicks Picks. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Hey, no, I don't do that. I'm gonna block you. Peace. Also check out the also check out the podcast on various platforms such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. etc. Look for the links. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for checking me out. Y'all have a good one. Be blessed. Enjoy the games. Peace.